Hello and welcome to the F1 Runoff Area Podcast. I'm Amir. And I'm Charles. And in today's episode, we are going to give our post-qualifying reaction for the 2022 Australian Grand Prix. Funny timing since it's in Australia and uh, I guess everything's at midnight or 1 a.m. But uh, I watched it on, uh, I did not watch it live. Did you watch it live? I didn't either, no. I, I intended to, but I fell asleep. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into it. Some headlines to start, perhaps. Uh, the ones I had, Charles, were uh, Ferrari and Red Bull, st- still clearly the quickest, although science had some issues we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, McLaren is back. Norris P4 and Ricardo P7, we'll talk about that. And it uh, looks like our dream teams, Haas and Alfa Romeo, uh, have lost a little pace. Okay, well, let's first go through the uh, qualifying results here. We'll go through uh, 1 through 10. Leclerc on pole position. Uh, the two Red Bulls next for Stappen P2, Perez P3, Norris in the McLaren P4, P5 and P6, the two Mercedes, Hamilton P5, Russell P6. You've got the other McLaren P7, Ricardo, P8, Ocon, P9, Sainz in the other Ferrari, uh, had some issues, and P10, uh, Alonso in the other Alpine. And Alonso sure looked quick. He probably could have been P4. Looked like he was actually faster, I think, than Verstappen's uh, lap. What do the first two sectors, and then he had that the crash in the third sector. Actually, he I think he lost the engine, which caused him to cause him to crash. Yeah, went into the wall. Yeah, Alonso and Sainz at nine and ten are clearly out of position, and so you'd expect they're going to surge up the order. Could make for some fun racing. Yeah, but as you said, Ferrari and Red Bull look to be the top two. Again, Ferrari looks quicker on one lap pace based on Verstappen and Leclerc's relative pace. There is still the setup thing. Apparently, I think this may just actually be inherent in the cars rather than a setup for track to track, but Red Bull seems to have the low downforce setup and Ferrari seems to have the higher downforce setup. So Red Bull's setup may be favored in the race, whereas Ferrari's setup may be uh, favored in in qualifying. But the race will uh, tell us more. We'll see if uh, Red Bull will be a little faster tomorrow. So as we mentioned, uh, Science starting out of position in P9. I think he, I think he had a, a decent lap going before he ended up with this time, but ended up getting uh, the red flag just as he was crossing the line on that decent lap uh, because I think it was Alonzo uh, when Alonzo went into the wall. So and then on the on his next attempt, I think he made a mistake in the last sector that led to you know this poor time that lands him in P9, but. He should, as we said, he should uh, surge up the field a bit. Yeah, but he still didn't look quite on Leclerc's pace all weekend. And I really think we might be seeing the natural order between these two asserting itself. I hope I'm proven wrong. Again, the end of last season, science looked stronger. Although, in my recollection, it still seemed like Leclerc was the faster driver, maybe overdriving a bit to try to wring uh, some race wins out of a car that wasn't capable of it. Yep. I was very bullish on science, but it's it's fading a little. I just I felt like he was on the cusp of, uh, you know, kind of surprising us a bit. Maybe it's still coming. We'll see. I want him to, but yeah, yeah. It just looked the evidence is pointing more and more to uh, Leclerc being just a, a bit sharper. Yeah, and then we'll uh, touch on Mercedes as we said. Hamilton P five, Russell P six. So they're still you know not what they've been the last several years, but seem to be kind of holding steady and you know you expect they're going to figure it out sooner or later well yeah you do they they are struggling though and we keep talking about them as the the third fastest team it looks like it's possible at least in Alonso's hands that Alpine may have uh, risen to that level or even surpass them a bit Mercedes doesn't seem to be clawing back their pace at a rate 
that I would have expected. Uh, they do seem to be kind of treading water while maybe some of these other midfield teams are starting to move up, you know, uh, claw some pace back and move up the order. We'll yeah. see. It was interesting. My big takeaway from Mercedes was that Russell was ahead of Hamilton after the first runs. Um, and then in the second run, uh, they did two fast laps, I believe. Well, Hamilton did two fast laps. Russell only got one. And I don't know if it was timing in terms of he didn't cross the line in time to start a second fast lap. But I also wonder, after the first fast lap, Russell was ahead. Hamilton needed the second to jump ahead of Russell. And then it sort of seemed like Russell didn't get the chance to, you know, take advantage of however the track had evolved or whatever in that next lap or the tires got a little better. Didn't seem like he got that advantage. Maybe it was wasn't you know intra-team conspiracy. Maybe it was just timing. But who knows? Yeah, no, I noticed that too. It is amazing how well Russell is doing as up against Hamilton, the seven-time F1 champion. Yeah, and here's Russell in what his third year, fourth, fourth year, fourth year, I fourth think. Year. But it makes you really wish that they kind of had that front-level car. You know? Yeah. I'd like to see Russell up there winning races, and I'd like to see, you know, Hamilton up there too. But it doesn't look like Hamilton has a shot at that eighth title this season, at least so far. Agreed. And then just going down the order, McLaren is next. As we mentioned, they've kind of finally emerged here in 2022 um, as a potential contender. Norris P4, Ricardo P7 at his home race. You know, they've got to be liking what they're seeing and uh, feeling with the car. It looks encouraging, but will it last? Uh, you know, they, they seem to have switched places, or at least Haas and Alpha kind of seem to have switched places with McLaren a little bit from the beginning of the year. And is it McLaren's ascendancy and those, and is it a flash in the pan for Alpha and Haas? Or is this sort of just a track-specific thing? Norris seems to think it's really just track-specific and that maybe it'll get back to normal, you know, at least for the mm. first couple races, normal, what normal was after, uh, after Australia. Magnuson had a, they said that he thinks they just didn't nail the starting setup. They just picked the wrong beginning setup because the track was different than they thought there were some track, you know, changes. So a little bit of an excuse there, maybe a reason. And then of course, Botas, who I think this is the first year and the first race in five years, he hasn't been in Q3 Yeah. and Alpha didn't, didn't look very strong. That being said, he said it was the wing choice. They chose, um, I think, a, a low drag wing, and you know that might be better for the race, but it, it didn't bode that well in qualifying. But still, those things, could they have made the difference that they made? It really does seem like McLaren, Haas, and Alpha just, just sw- swapped from yeah. struggling, from looking great to struggling, kind of vice versa. Yeah, I, I, it's true. Uh, Haas, as you mentioned, um, has fallen back now. P15 for Schumacher, P16 for Magnussen, and Alfa Romeo, P12 for Botas, who, as you mentioned, he had made it through to Q3 for over five years. I think it was full seasons, 2017 through 2021, and then the first two races of this season. So, And I guess 12th doesn't look terrible, you know, for Alfa, considering, you know, last year they would have, you know, loved to qualify 12th. True. And then rounding it out for Alfa, P14 for uh, Joe. That leaves us next with uh, AlphaTauri, uh, Gasly P11, Sonoda P13. I don't really know what to say about that. Anonymous. I was expecting them to do better. Yeah, kind of anonymous. Aston Martin had their struggles. I would I want to say anonymous to them. Of course, they had a, a lot of problems, and then Stroll caused that that accident for for Latifi. This one wasn't his fault. So right, right. you know, but what? Uh, same with Williams. You know, I don't feel like there's much to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll have some more to talk about after the race. Yeah, I agree. 
Only one other thing I really thought was a highlight I wanted to mention was the sun seemed to be a problem for at least Verstappen and Hamilton. Both complained. I think Hamilton requested a different helmet that had a darker visor on it. But you could see from the in-car how much they were struggling at a couple yeah. spots. And I can tell you, it's a it's difficult to deal with. If you've got a clear visor and you're driving in the in a morning session or an evening session when the sun's low, it can cause a big problem. You know, obviously you have to see where you're going, and anyone can can realize that. But when you're you know kind of driving at the limit of what the car can do, and you gotta these cars are going so fast, you gotta react so quickly, and you gotta be sort of pinpoint accurate with your inputs. You know, it's it's sort of startling to your rhythm and everything if you're all of a sudden just blinded. Yeah, difficult. And it was interesting to see even these these are the best drivers in the world, and they were they were struggling to I think cope with it. Yeah, and and then you throw in on the visibility issue, throw in the porpoising. I mean, there were some shots during qualifying that showed the Ferrari porpoising like crazy, and the Mercedes, and it seems like that that would also affect your ability to track what's going on on the, oh yeah on, on the track and, and using your mirrors when you've got this bouncing up and down this this vibration going on the whole time yeah it probably makes the mirrors unusable all right well not uh not much else to talk about what uh, any predictions for the race charles i have a suspicion that leclerc may be able to dominate this one a little more akin to the first race as opposed to last race but i might be proven wrong maybe the low drag wing of red bull that gives them the inherent low drag setup will be better tomorrow yeah, and predictions on my end. I actually I, w- I started trying to see if I could chart out the full um, top 10, but I, o- I only got to P8. And I found it very hard because I think, as we discussed, Alonzo and Sainz are going to move forward. I like what Norris is doing. I'm kind of biased in favor of Mercedes, so it was hard <laughs> to uh, it was hard to sort through that, sort through all of that. But here's where, here's where I landed: Leclerc P1, Verstappen P2, Perez P3, Hamilton P4, Norris P5. Science P6, Alonzo up to P7, and then Russell down to P8. Okay. Interesting. I don't, it, was, it was hard to sort through all that because I like, I, I kind of, if I could have done a five way tie for P4, I probably would have done that. <laughs> uh, well, but, interesting you put Hamilton on the top. He seems to be one, one of the ones that's struggling the most right now uh, and going against a little bit how we were saying Russell seems to be doing well against him. So. I know. That's my bias showing. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think Alonzo could end up doing much better than my predicted P7. He looked super quick. That's the other thing for me is just to see if Alonzo can maybe put Alpine as the third fastest team tomorrow or even take the fight to one of the number two drivers at the, at the top two teams. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here at the F1 Runoff Area Podcast. Enjoy the race. We'll see you soon. <laughs>